lovely people. I hope you are doing well on whatever day you're listening to this. No point saying what day it is now. And welcome to the first ever episode of Change the Narrative, your bookish podcast with a well-being twist. I am your host, Victoria, your little guardian angel in those dangerous times. I'm joking. I am here to share all things bookish as well as a little bit of insights into how we can manage our our mental health and well-being and just to have a chat. So let's get stuck into the first ever episode. This episode will be broken down as will hopefully all future episodes into chunks. I've got a couple of books to talk about. I've got a couple of books I'm looking forward to seeing. But before we get into this, I want to bring you your little drop of well-being to help you out. As I'm sure you've picked up, I don't know if you've like looked at the news recently or just like clicked on to anything on Facebook or Instagram or any social media ever. But there is a global pandemic and it is pretty shit. So if you, like me, are coping and making your way through, these tips are just things that I have experienced, I've used, or that I've got from my own personal journey to be able to help you and to hopefully bring you some sort of peace or joy or happiness or just pause in this manic time. And I'd like to put a statement out to say that I am not, of course, a mental health professional. I have come from somewhere where I have experienced challenges in mental health. I've been to various different therapies and I'm just using my own lived experiences. So a lot of this, what I'm saying is to be taken with a pinch of salt and a little sprinkling of turmeric and maybe just whip it up into a nice sauce use it benefit grow but remember if you are struggling and you need help gps are the best mind website is great check it all out after all of that i would like to get stuck into our first well-being tippity room and my first well-being tip is something that i learned while i was doing yoga and it's just about calming and centering ourselves this is called the box breath and or box breathing or square breathing and i was doing a little bit of research onto it before i get into it and i saw that the navy uses this and quite frankly i'm putting that shit on my cv like victoria she is capable of doing all these digital marketing things and yada 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 but also she does the same techniques that they do in the navy oh yeah because quite frankly that feels really cool i don't even know i don't even care about the navy i'm not gonna lie like i know nothing about the navy but it feels good that these people up in some power and authority are doing these techniques so in short i'm just gonna take a breath Whew. In short, this is a technique to help you to ground yourself, to center your breathing and to just it will help you to bring down anxiety to bring you into the present. And all you're doing is you're going to breathe in and out for four seconds each time. Super simple. And as you're doing it, you're just imagining a box being drawn in front of you. So it's quite hard to explain, but do just Google it because it's, as I said before, the Navy use it, babe. So it's everywhere. All you're going to do is you're going to breathe in, two, three, four, out two, three, four, in, two, three, four, out, two, three, four. And as you're doing that, you are drawing a square in your mind. You're just going over and over and over that square. And that I am going to use as a wonderful example of how I can count to four. (laughs) So if you use this technique or if you've used it before and you think it's great, let me know. Jump onto my Instagram. If you've got my number, you can message me. I probably don't need a ton of you messaging me that you've all been box breathing, but maybe, who knows? Yeah, let me know if you use it and you like it and you enjoy it. And I hope that, you know, this is something that I use a lot when I am having a stressful moment or my anxiety takes me away and I'm thinking about the future and the past and what I've got to do and who I'm meant to be and you know 
general stuff. So if you're having those moments, which we all do, take a second, do a couple of circles of box breathing. And it definitely just helps you to focus on something beyond what you're currently dealing with. So hopefully I I think that that will help you along the way. And let's get stuck into our books. This is the best bit. The bit that I'm looking forward to the most, chatting to you guys about books. I've got three recommendations, three books I'm going to delve into. I'm trying really hard to make sure there are absolutely no spoilers in this, but I apologise if I say anything that makes you, when you read it, go, shit, Victoria, you just told me the fucking plot, you asshole. First book that I'm going to look at was actually a book that I was really looking forward to because I am a massive Agatha Christie fan. I love murder mysteries. I love that genre, the thriller, the the working out, the who done it, the what did it, the why are you doing it, all that stuff. And so when Sophie Hanna, who I think is a brilliant author, took on the challenge of writing a Poirot book, I was ready for it. I, I love her work and I love Agatha Christie's stories and characters. And so I wanted it to work out. Let's see if it did. Side note, it doesn't. This book is called The Mystery of Three Quarters. And the authors are down as Sophie Hanna and Agatha Christie, obviously. So let's break it down first of all into a nice little summary of what this book is. Poirot, a beautiful, beautiful man, he gets called in because somebody has written a letter using his name saying that somebody has been murdered and that they know who the killer is and they're claiming it is these random three people. And these random three people are like, what? No. And so Poirot's like, that's not me. I didn't write that. I don't even know who this person is that got murdered. I'm going to investigate it. And he drags along his friend, Catch Pool, and they are going to solve this mystery. The whole title comes up quite a bit, the whole murder in three quarters. It's referencing a cake. Uh, I get it, but it just felt a little bit dry. (laughs) No, seriously. It just, it felt a little bit overdone. These are all cake puns. Didn't mean it to be, but it just didn't work. As a whole, this book is, it's an attempt at a murder mystery. It's quite cosy. It's not violent, it's not gory. So, you know, you've got none of that stuff, which is great if that's what you you don't want to encounter. But it just didn't work for me. However, as always, I will start with the good. I say always. This is the first time. Can I do that? Can I say always on the first time? Yes, as always. I'll start with the good points, lead into the bad points, think about some characters that I really, really love, and then let you know my final recommendation. First of all, the good points. The idea was pretty cool. Poirot is just chilling at home, some man turns up at his door and is like, how dare you accuse me of murdering blah, blah, blah. I didn't. And then it just spirals out from there. And he's like, what is this? What is this mystery? It's a mystery within a mystery. Because the mystery is who's writing the letters, but also who murdered this person? And also What? What is happening? So it was really, a really, really great idea. Which leads me nicely onto the bad points, which uh, are many. I just found that the plot was so lost. Like, we started off somewhere and then we're finding out about something else and then we're moving over to here and I was just very confused about what we were doing. And not only that, while I was just, I was like, dude, why are you doing this? And I think the issue is that AG had a lot of ideas about who her character was and she wrote her characters very clearly. Hannah has taken this and I don't think she's done it as well as it could have been. And it's it's sad, but it was a nice attempt. And I will say to Hannah, you know, when we're hanging out having mimosas, I'll say, babe, you did good. You did a good try, but it really wasn't. It just wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't for me. Just the way it just, it didn't feel very natural for the character. And that sounds very geeky, but I don't care. The thing that really stuck, you know, aside from the character, I think you can put that aside and say, right, okay, different writer, it's going to be different. 
But for me, it wasn't realistic. And if you have to say that a cosy murder mystery doesn't feel realistic, you've really gone way outside of the realms of reality because cosy murder mysteries, they are not at all realistic. You know, you don't get some old granny looking into some murder that happened in a seaside town and the detective just be like, yeah, have fun, lady. Bye-bye, I'll let you do it. That doesn't happen. So for me to sit there with this book and be like, this doesn't feel realistic at all. That was a lot. And I think that's what pulled me out most of it. And I got to kind of the last third and I was just kind of skim reading it at the point where I was like, this is not even real. The characters' motives are weird and I don't like it. No. As a whole, going into the recommendation, I would say this is great. If you haven't read a lot of Agatha Christie's, you can't really compare it to If you like the idea of a cosy murder mystery and you're happy to suspend your disbelief for a little bit, because that's what you're going to need to do to make this happen and make this work. And it's good. It's good fun. But it was just, it's not OGAG. And I think that should be my mantra. Is it OGAG? Is it the original Agatha Christie way? No? Then it doesn't fit into my murder mystery. Bye-bye. Not for me. But I would recommend it to you if you want to have a nice cosy murder mystery that is a little bit fun and you don't have to compare it to old Poirots. The next one that I'm going to look at is something that was recommended to me by lots of people because it's just come out and that I have then subsequently recommended to you everyone that I've spoken to. And it is Thursday Murder Club, or the Thursday Murder Club, sorry, by Richard Osman. Now, when I first heard about this book, I was in the camp of great another celebrity who was writing a book. Way. I think that camp has now been split and it's come towards those who are good at it. I am yet to read Graham Norton's books, but I've heard as well that his books are pretty good. So Richard, Graham, thumbs up, you guys are doing good. I loved The Thursday Murder Club. General overview is completely a cosy murder mystery meets fun. And I think that's what I loved about it. There was humour in it and the characters were just perfect. I wish you could see my face right now, but you can't. It's one of those books that's set in a place and really it's the characters that drive it. It's an old people's home, these elderly people who are sort of forgotten by society and cast aside. They come into their own as they help to solve a murder. The good points for me were the characters. They were so strong. Everyone was different but had a great development and even the ones that I thought I was meant to dislike, in a way I found some sort of redeeming quality and that's only for the main characters. When you read it, don't think I, you know, there's a clear villain or villains and just as there is with any story, that's not a spoiler. Don't come at me. And in that sense, those main characters, I loved them the idea was refreshing just to have you know i mean it it took an idea of sort of miss marple the older lady doing the investigating but it was also those people who were ignored by society or overlooked because they're elderly and they got away with a lot of stuff because these people you know in their investigation people just ignored them and i loved that and it made it funnier as well because you were with the characters and you really enjoyed what they were going through and finally the laughs i think that really set it aside for me is that i genuinely laughed in it and it was necessarily that it was like a you know I wouldn't put it in a humor category it's not a comedy book but it was definitely one of those books that made me go nice chuckle along with the characters that was witty I liked it and there's a lot of witty characters the bad because there has to be a bad in a book you can never have a completely perfect book for me the bad was the ending got near the end and it just whittled a little bit and I found that that was just a little bit disappointing and I wanted more from it I think Maybe it was a curse of it needed to be published. I don't know what it was, but it just, I felt like everything wasn't quite right with the ending. And not to say that it was a disappointing end, good ending, just not 
well written, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say there. So that was a bit of a... A bit of a shame. Everything was very comfortably paced and really good throughout the book. And in the end, just kind of went, blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, less of that would be nice. The characters that I liked in there, there were three of the five main characters. And I loved Elizabeth, Joyce and Ibrahim. They were all of their own. I also want to just, like, quick point that not all of the characters were white. But it wasn't described in one of those awful, cliche, horrible ways. And... I don't even need to like give you an example because you definitely know what I mean. But, you know, the black characters weren't described as chocolate skinned. It was just nice that they were like talking about a character and then side note, she wasn't white. And you're like, oh, okay. I mean, he didn't say that. It wasn't that bad, but it was just very subtle and I liked it. So yeah, three characters I loved. Elizabeth, Joyce, Ibrahim. If I could be friends with any of them, I'd be friends with Joyce. She seemed really cool. She was like humble, but savvy, but witty, but cool all in one and she was just oh and she just wanted the love of her daughter it was just so nice i liked it let me know who your favorite character was if and when you read it would i recommend this gorgeous gorgeous book i don't know guys what do you think have i been subtle about it yes i would i would recommend it and i'd recommend it to pretty much anyone it's a very easy read and by that i i mean it's not literary fiction it's not deep thematic ideas it's it's very comfortable very nice you can happily curl up on a weekend and read it and you don't feel like you're drained it's it's nice and it's like sitting down with friends and let's be fair right now what we need is a chance to sit down with friends I would rate this book very highly and I would say for anyone of any genre, apart from probably nonfiction, this is brilliant for you. I think you'll thoroughly enjoy it. My final book for today is a book that one of my friends recommended and was actually discussed in our book club. Shout out to my book club. But this book is called Flowers or Algernon and it's by Daniel Keyes. It was written in the 50s and really I, it's a science fiction meets sort of not, mm, it's got science fiction elements. It's quite literary fictiony. It's very thematic. Basically, it follows the story of a mentally disabled man who goes through a quest, a journey to become intelligent and does a scientific experiment. And it's written in diary form following this this man called Charlie. Overall, I would say oh, it's a very tricky one. And my, my, my notes on this are literally just the words, uh, uh, I don't know, because is basically it. It's a very interesting concept. It's a very interesting topic. But I felt like it was written in the 50s and it's dated. The language that's used isn't the most PC. It's definitely got a trigger warning in places. And it's it's one of those books that really draws you in emotionally and can bring up a lot of things that you, you haven't always thought about. Um, for me, I found it very challenging. Overall, the good things about it. The topic is brilliant. It's basically a reflection, as we went very deep in my book club, a reflection on life and death, on society, on how we see ourselves. And it's very thematic. So the theme running through it is very obvious, but it's also quite enjoyable. You're invested. You want to know what happens. You you care about this character. The, the feels are real in this story you know you will care about charlie you want charlie to be okay oh charlie it's written from the character of charlie and first of all it's written in a way that he's he's illiterate and it's quite difficult to read because it's, there's spelling errors and grammatical errors and, and and the sentences aren't quite correct and so you see the development of him but you also empathize with him quite a lot i found 
that the thing I disliked about this book was pretty much everything. And I find that very hard to say after all the stuff I've said that was good. But the things I disliked about the book were the way it was so written in such an obvious, illiterate way. The way that the themes were shoved down my throat all of the time. And I was like, okay, I get it. Life and death and the circle of life and everything. Great, be quiet. Ugh. Um, it's written by a man in the 50s. So as you can guess, there are no people of colour. Uh, all the women seem to be there to serve one purpose and one purpose only. And uh, everyone... <sighs> is wet it's like going to the pub with a bunch of wet fish it's just everyone's just flopping around on the table like bleh, bleh, bleh. and you're like dudes come on now please Ugh, it just wasn't great and for me i found that the more i thought about it afterwards the more the the themes and ideas came through and i was like yes okay i rate that i rate that part of it brilliantly but everything else about it i just felt like Ugh. and to be honest when i started reading it i was i very much didn't click with it i very much didn't care about it and a lot of people have said that but i do think it's worth giving it a try my favorite character now this is interesting my favorite character wasn't the main character or the other character that was helping the main character along the journey or the doctors that were involved in the main character no no, no. My favourite character was a random character that the main character had a little relationship with. Not not even like a sexual relationship, it was just like a side relationship. Her name's Faye, you've read the book, that's it, that's who I like. I was the only character in that whole thing that I was like, I hope Faye's okay. At the end of the book I was like, yeah, cool, great, Charlie. But also, I really hope that Faye finds what she needs in life. And that says a lot, where you don't care about the main character, or the side characters, or anyone else. Just that one character that had like three chapters that didn't speak highly of any of the other characters really, does it? As a whole, would I recommend it? Now, if you are like some of my friends, and you are, you have a PhD in psychology, you're interested in psychology, you like to develop ideas around existentialism and life and death and you love books with deep themes and literary fiction this is the book for you it is deep and and meaningful but if you need something fun and you think golly global pandemic is not really the time to debate whether or not life has a meaning and what happens after death which i completely agree then maybe skip this until you know after like the next 20 years because it's just it's very heavy it's very intense there's lots of feels and it's great but there are a, there is a lot going on and overall I think so many times I put the book down and I was like what the fuck what is happening and why and what and ugh. So really, summarise, if you don't have anything else going on and you really enjoy psychology and you want to think about death, sure, go for it. But otherwise, probably just skip over and go to the other two that I, I spoke about because they, they're pretty good. Yeah, much better. Those are my three and I hope that you get stuck in with them. And if you do, then let me know, you know, tell me what you thought of them. Do you agree? Do you disagree? But maybe you'll agree and then it'll be nice and we can be friends. Yay. Now we go into a section that I like to call Victoria hasn't named any of these sections. In this section, I'm suggesting books. The first book is due to come out in February 2021. It's a contemporary fiction book and it's called This Close to OK by Lisa Cross Smith. Now this seems like a really interesting book because it looks at a recently divorced therapist who stops a stranger from jumping off a bridge and then they spend the weekend together. And I just love the idea. I love, I've read a few books where the protagonist, the main character is a therapist and I love that. So I want to be able to see that side of things. But also do they bring the whole therapy thing into this? new friendship where's the barrier it's about people it's character driven it's really up my street so I'm very very excited for this one
The next is a young adult book that comes out again February 9th, 2021. I don't know why I'm, I'm saying 2021. All of these come out in 2021. You know that. And it's called The Gilded Ones by Namina Fauna. And it is a young adult book that takes place in this, or I assume, dystopian magical world where 16-year-old Decca decides to leave her family and her village to join powerfully magical girls who fight for the Empire. Like, who is ready for that? Everyone. Good. You should be. Sounds great. I I love the idea of the magic coming in, hopefully being done in a different way because we know it has been done quite a lot. Yeah, it just seems, the cover seems like it's very interesting. The things I've read about it sound very interesting. It's definitely one I want to try. The last one that I'm going to look at is completely different for me, historical fiction. It's called The Rose Code by Kate Quinn, and it is about three female codebreakers set in World War II. It's about their journey and, and what they have to do as undercover spies. And I think this is going to be a really interesting one for me to read, just because, you know, it's women doing stuff that were difficult and they've got to overcome that. But they're in the middle of the war. They're doing something that is very technical, but also very new and very different. So I'm very excited for that. Comes out March 9th and I think because I'm trying to read a little bit outside of my normal comfort zone this will be nice but it will also bring in my interests I love learning about that era in general so it'd be nice to read a historical fiction set in a time that I'm interested in which I think is key you know that is it for the first ever episode I hope you've enjoyed it if you have it's a podcast you can't like and subscribe can you well if you can then maybe you should really this is just a bunch of fun for me so you know if you do like it let me know that you like it if you don't like it um you can write it on a letter and then just put the letter into a box and then just put the box underneath your bed and then I'll make sure to read it at some point in the future Thank you for joining me and please make sure you're looking after yourself. You are a wonderful person. I don't know you, but I know that if you're existing in this period of time and you are working on yourself or on something that's making you passionate or something that brings you money to survive, you are a god. So take care, respect yourself, and I hope to see you for another episode of Change the Narrative.